Hi, my name is Jeremy Wagstaff. You're listening to Living in a Pandemic. It's April 4th, 2020. There are 1,090,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19, 38,168 of them in the UK. Around the world, 58,159 people have died. Hi, Susan. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, yes. This is Susan, a classmate of mine from primary school. We haven't actually seen each other in nearly half a century, and my last memory of her was in a sack race at my seventh birthday party. Facebook has brought us back together, sort of, but this was the first time we'd actually talked since she got second prize, if I recall, in the egg and spoon race. She now owns or runs or both a company in Manchester and a cottage with what looked like beautiful views somewhere in the countryside far from where we grew up. I wanted to hear from someone I grew up with what COVID-19 looked like. And as ever, I learned that this thing affects everyone in different ways. Have you basically kind of under lockdown there? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah, just essential journeys and work. So hmm. not working today. So theoretically, I don't need to go out. <laughs> right. So the, the requirement at the moment is that you can go out for if the work is, is needed, if it's essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the factory's hmm. still going. I mean, you can go and buy groceries. Right. You can go to a pharmacy and you can go if you're helping other people, you can deliver, you know, shopping to other people. Hmm. But right now, I don't really need to go out. <laughs> right. So, Factory, this is your own company, is it? Um, no, uh, it used to be. I'm no longer a shareholder. We're part of a big group. Oh, um, okay. But we make colour, and that goes into all sorts of things. So, at the minute, it's it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody said that that very little is unnecessary, I suppose, except for retail. You know, right. retail is, is, is shut down. Right. But I mean, our product goes into newsprint, for example. So while communications are going and we make product for ink, hmm. oh, we I see. need right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. any kind of colour that goes into any any product that then. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's decorative, lot of decorative coatings, but I mean, it goes hmm. into soap, it goes into detergents, it goes into things that are people still making. So, yeah, right. kind of wow. needed. And so you, you sold the company to some big kind of multinational. And well, they were, always, they were always a major shareholder. So no, yeah. I was only, we did the management buyout and I was only a small part of it. So um, right. the, deal, the deal was after five years, they'd buy the shares off us. So. Oh, okay. uh, but I'm still there. It changes. It chops and changes. It's interesting. Some things will grind to a halt because India's shut its borders. Right. So the big ink supplier that we supply to wants something like 15 tonnes of blue at the minute. You can't get it because India's stopped shipping. So so some things right. involving colour and surprising things. Paper involves colour. White paper really? involves, it involves blue and violet, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you know, there's some things that are going to become in short supply other than loo rolls at the moment, which are now coming back on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I was just texting the kids earlier. My niece and my younger son have both started baking and I'm saying, well, where do you get flour from? Because flour hasn't been on the shelves for like three weeks now up here. Right. I mean, fortunately, I don't need to bake because there's only me. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but Natalie needs, it needs to because she's got two kids right. and she's home. So, so, yeah. And whereas I've got um, stupid, stupid little things, I've got a, um, a bowl of flour and ginger sifted out because I was going to make my mum's favourite ginger biscuits 
and I've got no baking powder and you can't get baking powder either. So it's been sat there for a week with me scratching my head going, don't know what to do with it now. (laughs) (laughs) But beyond that, you're not feeling, I mean, kind of the UK has been this odd thing, right? Where you've gone through Brexit, which has been this three... Goodness knows what's going to happen with that, yeah. Right. And then you've got this government that's finally got its sort of feet under the table and then this comes along and there seems to be these odd turns that they've made and so the the sense must be that we're not quite sure where this is going i mean originally they were talking about herd immunity and now they're talking about well we've just got to do as everybody else is doing a kind of lockdown so does it kind of the conflicting messages affect people or make kind of people think oh it's just business as usual no i don't think anybody's thinking it's well very few people are thinking it's business as usual i think people are quite anxious now and the fact the government have changed tack, that they're doing what all the other European um, um, governments seem to be doing, then I, I don't think people are overly bothered about it. Mm. I think they're more more concerned that you know the, the NHS staff may not have the protection they need. And I have to admit, when I see the new hospital in the East End that could have 4,000 beds, 4,000 high-intensity beds, really scares you because you can't imagine that many people being so ill they need ventilators just lined up side by side mm. that's a very very scary thought let's hope it doesn't come to that but anyway. so you have a bit of uh, kind of te- technical academic scientific background in this right i mean this is not completely alien territory to you well, analysing data and analysing graphs is what I've done for 30 odd years, though it doesn't right, kind of matter right. whether it's zoology or whether it's finance or or whether it's this, this medical um, mm. stuff. You can see that the curve is still going up. It's not flattening right. out. The number of hospital admissions yesterday, you know, the two days running where they were similar. So maybe that's flattening, but two days mm. is very little data. So you know, there needs to be another one to two weeks of, of seeing what happens, to see right. whether we're really in trouble or whether whether they've caught caught it in time. Mm. So time, you know, will have to carry on. But the fear is Easter weekend. I mean, people, the first two, week, two weeks ago, might be three weeks ago now, I have a holiday home on the East Coast and I went over because I hadn't been since Christmas and I needed to check the place and which I knew was not dangerous but you know I shouldn't really have been traveling but you know I've got to do I wasn't going to see anybody didn't need to stop go and check the house is all right come back Mm. decided to walk the dog on the beach uh went in the house everything was all right took Henry down to the beach and I have never seen so many people in March on Filey Beach in six years Mm. people just did not and that was the weekend where all the publicity was people were walking in the peaks and I mean, it was it was manic. So if that happens this Easter weekend, there's going to be real trouble. Right. You know, four days four days is a long time if when people are off off work, mm. and the weather weather picks up a little bit. You know, for people to actually be be reasonable and stay indoors. So hopefully, you know, there's enough publicity and the police will. The police are stopping people and they are fining people when you know if you haven't got a good excuse for being out. So hopefully. How does that work? They just kind of give you a. Yeah, on the spot, fixed fixed penalty, fixed penalty. And if you don't pay that to the magistrates, then, then, you know, you went up in court. And there was, there was some lady traveling from Newcastle to York who refused to give her name. 
and mm -hmm. state what she was doing and ended up with 600 pound fine and court costs wow yeah i mean i don't know how much of a deterrent that really is to people um, hopefully like not a, was <laughs> this introduced after the old visit to the beach i mean the... yes yes it was yeah it right, was yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and I was in such a hurry to get home, I damn well left the back door unlocked, didn't I? So I've had a bit to do to <laughs> to sort that out. The next door neighbour's pretty good there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, very strange, very strange. Do you think it's because uh, in Europe and America they've just not been through something like this in, for, for years, whereas in Asia it is more? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. So is this kind of alien territory for most, most Brits and Absolutely. It's, it's, it's totally unprecedented. It mm. is totally unprecedented, you know, and with my North American work connections, I mean, they, they are, you know, New York is, is, you know, they're, they're in uh, kind of a bit, well, the, my colleagues in the, in the group companies are quite panicked by it. What do you think is going to happen in the UK? You're kind of preparing for the worst or do you think that people are going to get it at some point and and do the I th necessary i think I, I think it's it's going to go on for weeks and weeks you mm. know it's not this isn't a short-term thing and from running a business and keeping people employed it's it's a nightmare prospect of what we might how we're going to keep people with any with incomes we all we, i'm sure i'm fairly sure most people will get some you know, there will be herd immunity in a couple of, you know, it's like flu. It's just like the flu variants that, that change every year. You know, they'll come out with a different sort of vaccine in in some time, but by which time the virus will have, will have, you know, changed again. So, mm. and they can't, they can't cure the common cold. So I don't think they'll really nail this. It'll, mm. you know, will affect an awful lot of people. Hopefully it won't. Well, I don't know. I, I do. Con I am concerned about the elderly, and of course, my mum and you know my boys are in London, which is closer to it. Does your mum still live in the Northampton area? Or? No, no, no. She lives in Newbury. They moved to okay. Newbury when when oh I don't know, maybe forty years ago now. But but for me now, that's a four-hour drive, and for my sister, it's yeah. a two and a half-hour drive, and she's by herself. And okay, she's got friends and people, but the phone and she's got shopping done but she had a meltdown this week she mm. had a major you know she had a, a nightmare didn't sleep woke up rang me at I don't know what time it was but I never answer the landline here because it's always people selling things <laughs> <laughs> so my sister took the call and the and the and the stress and the tears and you know and then okay by, she, by the time she caught up with the sleep she was all right again but we can't go and help yeah yeah and that's 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 hard that's really hard you yeah, know that i suppose be the worst bit right because you can't but even even even, even if she was living you know in the next town we wouldn't be able to technically mm. be able to travel so i suppose right. it's it's no different from that right. except that if she was ill for some other reason then then yeah that's a, mm. that's a problem right uh, and a niggle at the back of your mind but you know we yeah, are where we are tough. with it yeah yeah, because, you know, there's not much you can do when someone's upset over the end of the phone except, you know, burst into tears yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, it must so, be yeah. quite bewildering to her. I mean, does she kind of, she well, follow the news? Does she know what's going on? She, uh, yeah, she, yeah she, she, she doesn't have it on all the time. I mean, there's going to be a lot of mental health issues. Mm. A colleague at work, her mum's been at home for a number of weeks now because her husband is quite poorly so they're on this 12-week shutdown 
well, theoretically, except she went to Tesco's pharmacy for some drugs and Francine said she shouldn't have gone. But she felt anxious. She hadn't been out of the house for so long that she actually felt totally anxious being outside and in a shop that it was that was really uncomfortable. So she literally just picked the drugs up and came straight home feeling really not herself. Sort of agoraphobia, I suppose, would it be? Yeah, kind of, yeah you possibly. Know, yeah, yeah possibly. You know, and I think there's going to be a lot of that. You know, there's, there's some good things that's going to come out of it. I've worked for 25 years with a homelessness charity and the government are doing everything they can right this minute to get mm. street homeless people housed. And if that's a result that comes out of it, then, wow, that will be absolutely amazing. Mm. I mean, it's not proving very easy at the minute because, of course, we've got frontline workers who really should be not having contact, trying to help people and arranging tenancies and finding finding places because you need to go and view a property, arrange with the landlord to take it on and then house that vulnerable person there. So, of course, in lockdown, that's damn difficult. But, but there's a lot of that going on and there's an awful lot of really good work being done across the country by lots of organisations for that, which is, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. They stay housed at the end of this. Yeah, no, that's, that's great to hear. It does, I think it's kind of caused a sea change, a temporary one, but presumably it's going to have longer effect where people kind of realise that there are just some things that aren't really acceptable and uh, yeah. having people kind of living rough on the streets. Is well, where, 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 where can they go? It, it was interesting. Um, I think there's a number of people being housed at Heathrow at the moment. And, you know, these guys were saying, well, all the retail outlets are shut. So he would have gone to a gym for a shower. He would have gone to a, to a department store to use the bathroom. Hmm. And all these places are closed. So where do your street homeless go? Hmm. You know, some people can't be helped and some people have, you know, tons of other issues. But, you know, so hopefully that'll, that will be a positive thing that comes out of this, hmm. you know, as, as is the community help. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it is amazing. You know, I've had a note through the door from local people saying, you know, if you get stuck, ring this number, we'll come and do your shopping for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and the number of people contacts. I mean, I've just moved house. I've left quite uh, a lovely next door neighbour, elderly guy who is really should be staying indoors. But, you know, he's too, he's too busy running around doing the shopping for other people. Bless him. But yes, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. all right. So, you know, being, you know, keeping in contact and doing that, all of that stuff, that's really good stuff going on. Yeah. And I suppose it's what people do to take their minds off, you know, potentially what might happen if, if, if they do get ill. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's nice to hear. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, I'm still a Brit and I, I think like a Brit, but I don't know, you know, the, <laughs> the British mind might have moved on and it seems to be this, it, when people ask me how British people are going to respond to this, it's very hard for me to say. Of course, there's no; it's hard to generalise anyway. But no, uh, I think I they're they're, they're, dig, they're digging in and helping people. I mean, the number of volunteers mm. when the NHS put out, you know, we need we need volunteers. We need I don't know what they said, a hundred thousand, like four hundred thousand people volunteered, you know, oh. to do things like man phone lines and you know, it was the first thing my sister said. You know, they're calling for volunteers. What you know, what can I do? Right. So, so yeah, I think that there's an awful lot of people that, you know, that is the, the Brit reaction, really. Right. Um, you know, that's for certain. Yeah, it yeah. hasn't gone away. <laughs> right. No, that's good. That's good to hear. So, so what happens uh, to you and the, and the factory and stuff now? I mean, you're just going to keep uh, Skeleton Crew running and, and hope that you're getting the raw materials in to be able to 
continue yeah to... yeah i mean that's 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 the factories in the group across the world that's that's the issue at the minute mm. there are there are delivery issues because now where deliveries are taking longer because they would man you know two drivers and they would swap well now there's only one driver per lorry for safety so you know physical movement of goods are taking longer as i say the the issue is a lot of our pigment the raw material the, the powder color comes from india and china well india's locked down now mm. so we're restricted to whatever's in the supply chain china will start up again with a bit of luck so that's good but we don't get our factory particularly most of it's from india we do have inventory so we'll see but you know a lot of a lot of the demand is just coming back you know we had a very quiet period for six months last year we lost a piece of business and it's all starting to come back so we're, we're busier than we've been for six months which is a really weird you know, yeah, and, there's, yeah. and, there's, and there's some very macabre things. For example, one of our reds goes into body bags. So while there's a demand for, you know, with increased deaths, it's not a very big volume, but um, there's all that sort of stuff that's wow. not very, not particularly nice. I mean, there will be a demand for right. people um, who make the colour for the scrubs, for the blue and the green medical gowns. And we right. used to supply that quite a number of years ago. So there's, you'd be amazed how much industry still really, really required in yeah. these times. Right. You know, the parent company's pigments go into a lot of plastics. Well, okay, you know, masks are clear without colour, but there's all sorts of other pieces of equipment that currently are specified and they're coloured. So it's just strange, really. Right. You wouldn't, wouldn't expect us to be required. No, but that's good and good uh, good news for your workers as well, right? That you don't have to furlough anyone well, uh, or yes, anything like that. Uh, yes, uh, but uh, I mean, we're doing a lot of this with this IT project that I'm on and it's really hard work over the internet. You know, mm -hmm. meetings are harder work. We're trying on oh, this right. step my um, charity, you know, our first attempt at, you know, a collaborative meeting. You know, you, it's difficult to chair because you can't see the cues from people to somebody who's wanting to speak. Right, people can right. people can over talk other people, you know, if they're more dominant. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's and and the, the the team of people people we're more productive when we do and do do go and do a block of two weeks together. Right. rather than all i mean every afternoon i mean i am i am basically on calls with north america from like one o'clock through till seven o'clock in the evening right. and it's draining it's really yep. draining yeah yeah no that's that's that is a good point i think we're either going to get better at this or or it's going to wear us out and we're going to become yeah. quite antisocial there's periods of anxiety that you know hit me on on the whole thing from time to time might it might be interesting to to to, to understand why some people still are traveling to work right, you know yeah. because you know if you don't make some color then that's fine when you want to paint your house later on you won't have that but right now color goes into medical gowns it goes into you know some more medical equipment that we don't need to tell everybody um, <laughs> um you know but soap powder if you want to carry on buying you know things to clean world with you've got to have these sorts of things haven't you that's susan from her home in lancashire recorded on april the 4th i had no idea that color was an industry and profession in its own right and it makes you realize where do you draw the line when it comes to vital industries and how do you comfort family under lockdown when they're nearby but not in the same house we'll give susan another call in a week or two's time if you have questions for any of the people I've spoken to or for me or comments, you can reach me at pandemic at cleftstick.com. 
You've been listening to Life in a Pandemic, produced by myself, Jeremy Wagstaff, and Sari Sulasono. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe so you can catch future episodes and find old ones. And if you like it enough, make your feelings known on iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this on. If you'd like to comment or participate, please drop us a line at pandemic at cleftstick.com. My name is Jeremy Wagstaff. Goodbye for now and stay well wherever you are. <laughs>